Welcome to the Little Line Podcast, where I share how people are making their mark on their line. I'm your host, Sasha Turpin, and I have here today, like, such an inspirational being. She has every excuse in the book to be that victim of why... And she just doesn't do that. Her name's Aubrey. I know her because she's family. It's been a long time, though, right? Yeah. So I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's crazy, and I'm sure you already know. Like, life just gets the best of you, and you just prioritize, hopefully, your immediate people, yeah. and then you expand as much as you can during the busy time. Mm-hmm. So share with me um, what your what your background is, like why people would think that you couldn't be who you are today. Okay, so I was born with a physical disability, cerebral palsy. My parents didn't know I had it until I was about two years old, and I just hadn't been hitting the milestones that a baby and toddler should be hitting. So I was taken to a few different doctors and eventually got diagnosed with CP. The doctor said that I would never walk or talk so not to expect a whole lot from me. My grandparents had actually adopted me when I was very young and I am so fortunate that when I was diagnosed, my grandparents kind of just sprung into action at that point. They did everything they could to get me speech therapy and physical therapy and just any service that would benefit me. And pretty soon I started walking and talking and then just all the way through grade school and middle school, I just kept improving in my speech and balance and really all of my abilities. It was definitely a long process to get to where I am today, but like I said, I'm just so fortunate I had the head start that I did and really a good foundation to build off of. Yeah, you um, have such cheerleaders. Your family have never made you feel like you couldn't reach whatever dream you had. They've always had your back and they've always been such good cheerleaders. So um, what do you think... How do you think their mindset was for that? So it's interesting because I was raised by my grandparents for a while and then I was raised by my mom and dad for a while and then they kind of came together to raise me. So I think about each person that raised me had their own mindset about my disability and I think the balance of all of those mindsets really came together to just create such a strong support system. Like my mom and dad. Kind of like you were saying, they never let me think I was any different. I grew up with a sister who is three years younger than me and my parents treated us the exact same. We both had chores. We both did the same activities, everything and I think that was a key component of the mindset I have now because I don't think I'm that different from anybody else. Awesome. Um, I think that that was helpful for them to push you and just be like, well, you're a member of this family. You're going to do chores. You're going to do everything that is expected as all the other family members. Was there ever a time that you thought, but I am different and I, I want to be treated different? I think there was a time when I had a big realization that I was different. And actually, that has happened a couple times in my life. Like in middle school, when all my friends were starting to go on dates and like have boyfriends, I had a realization that because I had a disability, that whole thing was going to look different for me. And then when I was 16 and all my friends started driving and got this new level of independence and I didn't, there was another moment of realization and those moments came along with heartbreak and kind of just emotional pain. But... I'll probably say this during the whole podcast, but I have the most amazing mom and dad, 
so when I had those moments of realization, they were right there to coach me through it and kind of talk to me about, yes, you are different and even though life looks a little different for you, there are so many other ways you can get around those limitations. I mean, you get yourself from one part of the valley to another part of the valley to get to college and you do it on your own. And when people offer you for the ride, you know, and you're like, no. Yeah, I do. I have the biggest support system. So many people that help me from my parents to my siblings and grandma to my aunt and uncle, just so many people. But I definitely like to be as independent as I can. It just makes me feel more confident and capable. You are competent and capable. You are um, empowering. You are. You're like, you exude empowerment to me. Like, I love watching in on you from social media because, again, like, people could just take a glance and just assume so much, and they, they're missing out on such an amazing soul. Thank you. And people definitely make assumptions when they look at me, and that's something I deal with every day. But I like to prove myself. You know, when I was younger, in my teenage years, I used to say I like to prove people wrong and I think there is beauty in that phrase. But now that I have gotten older a little more mature, I kind of learned I like to prove myself to myself instead of proving other people wrong. Because I think like many people as I get older I realize it doesn't really matter what other people think. My opinion of myself is a lot more valuable to me, you know. Yeah, and that's such a mature awakening already for you. I mean, because you're still young 20. You're not like you're in your 40s, still trying to learn who you are, but you already know. And that's another reason why you're just so beautiful, that you're, you know, let all the naysayers be naysayers and let all the people that want to be my champion be my champion. Yeah. Yeah, and if nobody else wants a champion myself, I do. And yeah, you do. And I love it. So if you can remind me, um, the doctors at one point kind of put a time limit on how, um, how old you'd be by the time longevity, right? Right. Like I think, and I don't know the whole story, but I think they had said that by my teenage years, I would kind of be as good as I got. And that would kind of be it more than where I got and then any more that I achieved would be a shock. As I got into my 20s I'd done my own research, because people with CP don't necessarily have a shorter lifespan. But people with CP experience fast aging, they call it, and basically there has been wear and tear on your body from your muscles working extra hard that by the time you're in your mid-20s, which I am, your body can feel like it's 40. So it's just that the aging process happens sooner and faster. Um, and so when did you decide that you were going to go to college and do what you've done? So back to my support system. I don't think that for me college was like I was always gonna go to college. My parents supported that idea and with that support, it was a really easy transition for me to be like I'm in my senior year of high school, so of course I'm going to start applying to colleges and all that. But I think when I got to college there was a huge awakening for me because all throughout my education, through grade school, middle school, and high school. I had so much support at school. I had an aide and counselors who worked with me, and I got to college and I was like, wait, wait, like I'm just on my own. And I think I probably did what most new college students do. I kind of did my own thing and didn't worry about school a lot. 
but thankfully that only lasted a year or two and by my junior year of college I was like, okay, I only have two more years left, and I have no idea what I'm going to do, so I started really applying myself more and getting involved in my own education more and I think that was one of the best things that could have happened, is for me to re, less I'm responsible for all that and I have to pave my own path so my junior year of college I found a program I loved and worked really hard to be a good student, and pretty soon it was time to graduate and somebody in my program had asked me about getting a master's degree, and I was like, me, a master's degree, like you got the wrong person but the more I thought about it and thought about the future I wanted to create for myself, eventually I decided to get my master's and that's probably the top, well in the top 3 best choices I've ever made because these past 2 years of getting my master's I've matured even more and have- What did you get your bachelor's degree in? So, I got my bachelor's in recreational therapy, and there are a lot of people that don't know what that is. It is using therapeutic activities of any kind to help people reach their goals, and I knew I wanted to work with people who have physical disabilities. I just didn't know in what aspect I wanted to work with that population in, so when I found rec therapy, I thought about how all of the activities that my parents had me doing when I was a kid and a teenager really helped me grow and develop in so many ways. I played lacrosse all throughout middle and high school, and a little bit in college, and I think playing lacrosse changed my whole life. I mean, it gave me something to work towards to be physically and mentally stronger, so I decided that I wanted to help other people find their own passion that allows them to grow and improve and reach their own goals. That's so awesome. Um, and so then you went to master's and what did the master's degree? <laughs> Same thing, recreational therapy. I feel like it's a field with a lot of potential, so I wanted to get a second degree in it and kind of put myself in a better position to reach that goal in working with people with disabilities. So what do you do for your CP community? So, I try to be active in the CP community. I feel like there are many people who are a lot more active and I can't thank them enough or give them enough kudos because I think for me as a person who has CP, I feel a responsibility to raise awareness and to educate people on CP. So I try to post about it to raise awareness and kind of educate people. This month there is a challenge to walk 33 miles in the month to raise money for CP research. It's crazy because CP is the most common physical disability but it has the least amount of funding for research and innovation. So when I heard about this challenge of walking, or running, or biking 33 miles, I signed up so fast. I've been enjoying walking every day just knowing that I'm doing my part to help raise money for future people who have CP. Yeah, I just saw that post yesterday. And so I need to take the time to sit down and donate to that because I think that's so awesome. And I think that people, yeah, what you were saying that a lot of people don't realize that it is a, a, a disability that's the highest rate. I didn't know that. You just taught me that. And um, that they're they haven't found how to diagnose it while in womb. Yeah. And um, they, you know, there's not many things that they can do afterwards. Yeah, or anything, some relief, right? So that you guys, so that um, if there is something that can help in womb, 
so that um, you you wouldn't be born with the, the disability. Yeah, I'm really glad that community does fundraisers and raises awareness. I didn't even know this until the other day. The 33 miles is to represent that there are 33 babies in the world born with CP every day and I was thinking about that. I only know two or three people who have CP and I feel like even that's a lot of people to know because a lot of people have no idea what CP is or have never known anybody who has CP. So I'm definitely grateful that there are people who focus raising awareness. Um, where ideally do you see yourself working? Like what would be the dream position? Ideally, I see myself working with kids and teenagers who have disabilities, and I eventually would like to open my own practice where I can have clients who come in and receive recreational therapy services and are able to have support in discovering a passion or hobby that they want to use to keep working towards their goals and improving in whatever skills they may want to become better at. I feel like for people with disabilities there is kind of a glass ceiling and a lot of limitations that society puts on people with disabilities disabilities and I want to be a part of the movement that really motivates people with disabilities to break that glass ceiling and find ways to overcome those limitations and be able to live any kind of life they want. I think that if people didn't get that from you, I don't, they, they didn't take the chance to listen because you are that person that I think will show these kids genuine love and um, mentorship and yeah, to tell them that that glass ceiling right there does not, you're going to bust right through it and you're going to create the most beautiful, profound life that you want to create. And I feel like you're doing that. And I'm so excited that you want to create your own space for these kids and these adolescents and, and show them that look at me. I, I did it. You can do it. And you can probably do it better because you have me as evidence of that, right? If I can help only one kid or teenager to see that they can live any life they want despite their disability and the limitations that may come along with it, it will all be worth it. Yeah, it would be worth it. I, I mean, I sit here with my big old grin right now because I'm just so proud of you. And um, what do you think your parents, if they were sitting right here, would say about you. You know my parents are the two greatest people that I know, and I looked up to them my whole life. And I still continue to look up to them and now that I'm an adult, we have kind of transitioned from the parent-kid-slash-teen role to becoming best friends, because they really are my best friends. One of the many things I appreciate about them is that they have always encouraged me to be thinking about how I'm going to reach my goals. They've really taught me to have this mindset of okay this might be a little tricky, but there is a way. I just have to find the way. So I think if they were here right now, they would say, okay, that's your goal to have your own practice. Now, how are you going to make that happen? What are the steps you need to take? That mindset that they instilled in me is really how I got to where I am today. My mom and dad are my biggest cheerleaders and supporters, and I am beyond grateful to have them. Yeah, they are great parents. You, um, and you, your sister, like you have been her biggest cheerleader and her yours. Oh, yeah. 
I think the fact that we were really the only sibling each other had as young kids really created a special bond between us. Having a sister is a pretty special thing. We're the only girls in the family. Our brothers didn't come along until me and my sister were into our teen and preteen years so really as kids it was just me and my sister. I mentioned that my grandparents had raised me and I lived with them from when I was two to when I was about six or seven. And then I moved in with my mom and dad and sister and so my sister and I had a rough go, because of course we knew we were sisters and had been around each other all the time, but we were both used to being only children so to have, like I think about my sister to have this older sister that has this disability all of the sudden live with you all the time, that is a huge transition. So I think thanks to my parents they saw that we were kind of struggling so they signed us up for every activity that you could think of so that we could spend time together and build our bond even stronger. We did bowling and tennis and cooking classes and beauty pageants, and I think that was the best thing my parents could have done in that position because the bond my sister and I built through all of that is a one-of-a-kind bond. I love a lot of people so much but I've never quite felt or experienced a love like the love I have for my sister. So I think now even as we're into our adulthood that bond and that drive to support each other is still so strong. And support is exactly what you do. She um, also did lacrosse, and then she went on to college and moved out of state, and you've been out there to support her so many times. Oh, yes. I love going out there and visiting her and cheering her on at all of her games. I love seeing her so successful and so happy. Yeah, I bet it's – I mean, again, it, since you guys were so close – and you guys had the same hobbies because your parents, like, you know, wanted that for the two of you. Um, it, it's great that you guys still have that, like what you said, as adults and still going in a, in different directions and living in different states. But you guys have made sure to keep that relationship as close as what it is. Oh, yeah. In fact, tomorrow morning we're flying out to Denver just her and I to go to the Taylor Swift concert. I wouldn't want go to a Taylor Swift concert with anyone else in the world other than my sister. Having a sister, having her as a sister is truly one of the biggest blessings I have in life. That is so cool. You guys are going to Taylor Swift. That's going to be so much fun. I bet. Have you ever been to Denver before? Yeah, a couple times. We have family out there. Okay. So will you be staying with that family when you're uh, there, or are you going to stay in a hotel? No. No, we're kind of doing a crazy 24-hour trip. We fly out at 6.30 a.m. in the morning, and then the concert tomorrow night, and then we're back here Saturday morning. So we just rented a little Airbnb super close to the concert venue. That is going to be so fun. That's a whirlwind. And that's the best thing at your guys' age. That's what it should be about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just love it. And so you mentioned that you had the brothers. And they came around, what, I guess you would have been 15? Yeah. Yeah, I was 14. Okay, yeah. you were 14. And, yeah. yeah, and they're 10 now. And I bet you love being a big sister to them. 
I adore those boys. Just as I say that my love with my sister is unique, my love with brothers is also unique, because I was so much older than them when they were born. I remember everything about them from babies and childhood all the way up getting to watch them grow up and be theirs every day has been the most amazing thing. I love those little well, I can't even call them little boys because they're not little anymore. But, I love those boys with my whole heart. Yeah, I mean, when they get to that certain age, though, and they think they're so big, and you've seen them grow up, you still kind of, I mean, you remember the things that made them little, and it, you yeah. still want to just embrace that in your heart, right? <laughs> they are reaching that preteen stage they want to be out with their friends and just not just hanging out with their older sister like they did once upon a time. And you know, as sad and a little heartbroken as I am that they're not my little buddies anymore, it's so amazing to watch them grow and be at these new stages. I love it. Yeah, I bet it's been a lot of fun. I, in your household, I know that your parents have uh, just, they've created such a great house, you oh know, where God. all of you guys are, you do things together, you cheer each other on at each other's yeah. things. And so is there, um, I know that your sister does lacrosse like you did. Do the boys play any sports right now? They're kind of in a period like me and my sister went through where they're trying different things. They've done karate, soccer, and lacrosse and a few other things. I think we wanted them to love lacrosse, but they didn't love lacrosse at first. I think it's growing on them though. I think their next thing is baseball, so you'll see me at every baseball game. So if you look back and you think that if there was like a moment that um, you could look back at and reflect on, that was like, kind of like that moment that you knew, you, you knew you were gonna be okay. And you knew that no matter how mean or how uh, hate, like hateful somebody could be, what was that moment for you? Honestly, I think for me, it was a bunch of little moments that came together to make me realize I can do it. I can create the future I want and kind of just do my own thing. I think it started when I was a kid just learning that I could do what the other kids were doing. And I think as I've gotten older, it was the moment when I realized I was kind of all alone in college and I had to be the one that pushed myself to achieve goals and I think even now I'm still learning. I just graduated with my master's a couple months ago and now I'm job hunting. And it's scary and terrifying and nerve-wracking. But I think I've always faced challenges with a determination and a commitment that I'm going to do it. And I think the new challenge of job hunting is no different, and the challenges that are going to come in the future are no different. I just have to be determined and focus and believe that I will find a way. I think, um, you know, some people would think that because of the disability is what would give you that, but that's not true. I think every huge milestone for any person is is daunting. It's, yeah. it's a new, new, and you don't know how to navigate it. And so um, it's always, that's why it's always good to be able to communicate. And I think that that's what's great about you and your communication with your parents, because you guys talk everything through and you uh, figure out how it's going to work for everybody that's involved. And um, I think that a lot of people don't realize that <laughs> I mean, just because you have a disability, you're not going to, ha you, every person that even without a disability has those tendencies to like withdraw and, and be scared and, and, you know, worry. And so um, what message do you want to leave with people about people with disabilities? 
That is a big question. I think the message that I would want to leave is people with disabilities are people. They're people, they have dreams and goals and aspirations and they are capable and competent. And there is that saying where there is a will there is a way. And I think people with disabilities are probably some of the best at finding that way. I mean, there will always be limitations and glass ceilings for people with disabilities but I think there is this whole movement that people with disabilities have started that is all about embracing your yourself and your dreams and goals. With that, I think and I hope people with disabilities and their journeys are going to be seen a lot more often. My message would just be, be, um, be kind. You know, you guys, everybody has feelings. You know, no matter who you are, what, what your background is, what your disability may be, you all have, like what you said, everybody has aspirations and dreams and you're capable. You're so capable. And you are proving it every day. You inspire me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming out and doing this with me. I really, really appreciate it. And um, gosh. I'll just say that I think there is beauty and determination in keeping goals in mind and doing all that's possible to reach those goals. I want to thank Aubrey for coming on and allowing me to use artificial intelligent voice for her so that she could get her story out. And I want to thank you listeners for listening through. And I just want to tell you guys to go do something big with your little line.